Today on the Property Management Show, we have Abby Wasserman, a Foreign Taff alumnus and currently ShowMojo's senior sales representative. Abby has become quite an expert in leasing automation, so we asked her to come and share with us common misconceptions people have about this type of automation and how much time property management companies save by implementing such a thing in their business. As a bonus, we'll also discuss other ways it can impact your business outside of the leasing process. As a reminder, this show is proudly brought to you by Four and Half, a marketing agency that creates and implements owner lead generating plans for property management companies. Since 2012, we've been helping property managers with owner marketing. That's everything from conversion-driven websites, creating content to attract and nurture leads, reputation management, online ads, you name it. For more information, visit fourandhalf.com. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. Abby, we are so pleased to have you here on the podcast this week. Today, we're going to be talking about leasing automation. So to get started with that, um, can you tell us what exactly is leasing automation? For sure. And first of all, thank you both, Brittany and Marie, for having me. Um, it's it's awesome to see you guys outside of a conference. I love getting together with you. Um, so simply put, leasing automation is really the removal of any kind of manual effort from the leasing process and, and the majority of the rental process. So any of the, the costs, the manual effort that you're putting into the, the leasing process as a whole. So if you look at, you know, when it starts from the moment that a property listing goes on market to all the way that really that application process begins. So everything from syndication to screening a potential um, renter before they actually go tour or go view a property to scheduling and coordinating that showing, um, follow-up, all of that is really the leasing automation scope. And what I feel like, and and I did mention this before, but really what we're here to talk about is misconceptions about leasing automations. Because when we were talking earlier, um, a couple of weeks ago, even Marie and I had this like different idea of what entailed um, or what, what was covered with leasing automations or like different ideas of thinking it's something that it's not. And one of the things that, um, we understood kind of regularly pops up is like the misconception of leasing automation versus self-showing lock boxes. Um, cause, cause like, what is the difference there? Yeah. So, and I think it's a good thing to point out. So, you know, Leasing automation in itself actually contains a lot of the time that self-show process if you're using some kind of lock boxes or that self-show technology. So like like I mentioned before, leasing automation is going to cover that full pre-leasing process from the moment that a property hits the market to that moment that it's following through that application process and you're moving in a potential renter, right? And they become a tenant. But if you're using self-show or lock boxes, that becomes a part of your leasing automation platform or your technology that you're utilizing to get leasing automation done. So there are a lot of property management companies that can take steps towards leading leasing loss. 
So there are a lot of property management companies that will take steps towards leasing automation, whether it's like workflow automation, um, you know, maybe automating different parts of that process. But lockboxes in themselves is not standalone automation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when our listeners are like getting um, into this conversation, it's like, don't necessarily um, equate yeah, leasing automation yeah. with lockboxes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You can look to include that in what you're doing, but it's not the only thing that a lot of our customers at ShowMojo are doing. A lot of them do have lockboxes as a part of what they're doing, but it's not the only thing that they're doing because it doesn't always apply to all of your properties. Um, not all of your owners are going to be comfortable with that process of self-show. They're not all going to be comfortable with it. Some of your properties that you're going to be leasing, if you're a property manager, are going to be occupied. It's not the right process to be doing right. the show on an oh, occupied property. Right? It'd be so mm-hmm. awkward. Netflix like, and chill, then somebody walks in. Exactly. It's so awkward. Somebody's walking in your house and you're like, uh, excuse me, I didn't, I didn't invite you in here. Um, uh, so it's, it's not always right for every property. Right. So it's, it's a part of maybe what you do, but it's not always the entire leasing automation process. Yeah. So to the people who are listening, if you've kind of, I don't know if turn a blind eye is the right word, but if you've kind of like pushed leasing automation or the idea of it to the side because of lock boxes and self-showings, like keep listening to hear more, um, maybe more misconceptions or, or different things about it. So what, what isn't leasing automation? Like what, what parts of the process does leasing automation not cover or can't currently do? Yeah, for sure. So I think that, like I said before, we, you know, there are some companies that have taken some steps towards maybe workflow automation. Maybe you've put some steps in place where, you know, as a salesperson myself, I use canned responses for a lot of my emails, right? We use email templates that makes the process simpler, but it's not fully automating it. So if you are still as a leasing agent, as a showing agent, or as a property manager, business development manager, still picking up the phone, still coordinating those showings, still having to double check your calendar, if your inbox is still full of emails from prospective renters asking, when can I come see this property? If your phone is still ringing, getting those rental inquiries, you haven't made the full jump or leap towards leasing automation. If your prospective renters aren't able to fully self-screen against your criteria before scheduling for a showing, you haven't made that full leap. So there are ways to make steps towards and take steps towards leasing automation, but that full leasing automation is going to encompass that process from the moment that your available property or a property that is available for pre-lease hits that market all the way up until when that prospective renter is filling out that application. Um, From there, we really look to a property manager to process that application, move in a tenant. That's really where your high touch process is gonna take over, where you're gonna be moving somebody in. There may be other workflow automation platforms that you can look at to help with that side of the thing, but leasing automation, we really look at it as automating the pre-leasing process as much as possible. And if you need to jump in with those high touch follow-ups, um, answering additional questions, that's always great, but it's automating as much of that process as possible. 
Yeah, so there's so still the human element. Go ahead, yeah, Marie. Yeah, so element. So kind of like use technology in the pre-leasing. And then once pre-leasing is done, you know, that's when the technology hands over the tasks to the human. And so when we're talking about automation, I feel like there, there is some expectation that, oh, if pre-leasing is automated, does that mean if the tenant has a question and wants to call, they talk to a robot? And we all hate those call trees that seem to lead us to the darkest corners of the company. And then we end up in someone's voicemail anyway. Please repeat the word. Please. Yeah. Like, and so um, and you're just hitting zero until you uh-huh. get yeah. like, how can I get to that person for exactly. sure? Exactly. And so um, is that something that is just a misconception or is that a necessary part when you want to automate the whole pre-leasing process? I think that it's, it's two parts. So it, it is a misconception, but it's also in the way that you set up your, your process, right. And how you set up your automation for best practice. So I'll use our platform and and this is never meant to be a sales tool. This is always just to use our best practice as an example. Um, So we have what we call show mojo phone. And what that is there to do is act as that barrier for those renters where It is automated to a certain extent, but there are those human elements where a renter, if they have those questions, always has that ability to get through to a human if that's what that property management company chooses to do. So they can get through that show mojo phone. They can schedule a showing directly just by putting in a few bits and details about that property address. or if that property management company chooses, they can leave a voicemail. They can direct them right to that person that would be available to answer those questions, or they can use live answer so that they are always getting to a live person. So it doesn't mean that you're taking that full human aspect out, but we define it as this prospect-driven leasing process where we want that prospective renter to be in that driver's seat. And it doesn't mean that we are taking that human element out, but we want to give them this immediacy that they really crave, you know, and especially when we know that a lot of the time renters aren't searching during, you know, eight to five business hours, they're searching, you know, at eight o'clock at night at 11 o'clock at night around their schedule. So we want to give them the ability to answer those questions or be able to get that information, but take a lot of that human touch required out of it but still give them the option to be able to get through to somebody if they need to be able to get those questions answered. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Definitely. And go ahead, Brittany. I was just going to say, I'm kind of interested in if, if I am a renter, a prospective renter, I'm laying in bed, scrolling through Zillow, whatever. um, And I find a rental that I'm interested in, in scene or, um, applying for whatever, what does that, what does that look like from the renter's perspective? Like if I'm, um, is there like a call button or is it like, I guess I'm trying to visualize how it would work on their end. Um, and if they decide, if they, if there is like a text call mm-hmm. submit form, like what each of those look looks like. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's going to vary depending on where they are, you know, what sites, you know, not everybody's using Zillow, whether it's from their website, right. you know, what kind of phone they're using. I use an iPhone. So a lot of those phone numbers are just click to call and then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm calling and in contact with them directly, but we'll use like email or text, for example, um, if they're emailing and it's from Zillow or it's from, you know, a syndication site, we're replying automatically on behalf of our customers so that it's still coming from a personalized reply. It's not saying show mojo is replying on their behalf. It's still, so if you were the showing agent for four and a half property management Mm -hmm. and it would come from Brittany Stevens saying, Brittany Stevens replied to you. We'd love for you to schedule a showing. So in my demo account, everybody is themed as mean girls. So Regina George (laughs) is always responding to all of my showing inquiries, right? So every time Aaron Samuels wants to schedule a showing for a property, Regina is always on top of that. And so every time Aaron gets an email, it's always directly from Regina. And um, so, you know, there are always these personalized touches so that if there needs to be an additional email sent, that can happen and it comes directly from that showing agent or that property manager, but that initial reply is happening automatically. So there's that immediate response. If somebody texts that ShowMojo phone number, even if they just, if they were to text something random, we're always responding, redirecting them to be able to schedule a showing. Right now, we're not set up transparently for AI. Um, So everything is being responded with, you know, the prompt to direct them to schedule a showing Mm -hmm. because we think that that is the most important part right now. So you, you might not have this like information readily available, but I am a little bit curious. Do you, do you have any, do you know what the most common um, communication or submission method is amongst prospective runners? Like, are they more likely to um, email, text, call? Do you know? I do not know. So that's something that I don't have offhand. Yeah. That'd be interesting interesting to understand that. Yeah, I will say this. And that's, so that's not something that I have offhand. I will say that, you know, we know that prospective renters are way more likely to use the, so for instance, one of the things that we set up for our customers is a pre-showing questionnaire and prospective renters are way more likely to go through that, you know, three, four, five question pre-showing questionnaire, click the time, schedule a showing online, than they are to pick up the phone and spend 10 to 20 minutes trying to coordinate that showing, which is why, you know, people are getting their calendars booked up. I saw somebody on my Facebook uh, over the weekend that had sent a screenshot of one of the alerts that they had gotten that one of their properties was booked up and had no more show times available. Um, and their caption with it was, I think 18 show times over the next five days is plenty. Wow. And, and that's just an indication of where the market is right now and how quickly properties are moving. Um, but so, yeah, I don't have, I don't have the data right offhand in terms of whether it's phone calls, emails that are more prevalent. Um, but I, I would say that it's probably a good even mix between the two, depending on probably generational things as well is yeah. how yeah. old you are and what, what is your more, you know, preferred method of contact. Right. The property management show is brought to you by PM Grow Summit 2022. 
Listen, to say this past year has been rough would be a vast understatement. So treat yourself to a few days of innovation, inspiration, and relaxation at PM Growth Summit 2022. This year's conference takes place in person from February 28th through March 2nd in sunny San Diego, California. Spend your days getting inspired by top-notch speakers and your evenings sinking your toes into the sand. But don't wait. Early bird tickets are running out. Get yours at pmgrowsummit.com. That's pmgrowsummit.com. PM Grow Summit, where the industry moves forward. The Property Management Show is also brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency for Property Managers. Want to get paid for referring Four and Half to a friend? Simply fill out our referral form with your friend's information and start getting paid once they sign with us. Learn more at fourandhalf.com slash referral dash program. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F dot com slash referral dash program. And now back to the show. Yeah. And so with this discussion of, um, you know, there are tenants more likely to just directly schedule something um, themselves than spend 10, 15 minutes talking to a person trying to do the same thing, coordinate like, hey, does Tuesday work? Um, do you have information on how much actual time it saves um, the property management staff um, when they do automation versus when they do it manually? Yeah. So we know that for our customers, this is saving upwards of about four hours a day each and every day for the customers that are using ShowMojo, that are using this leasing automation in their businesses. And that's from, you know, answering phone calls, coordinating the showings, responding to voicemails, answering those emails, rescheduling showings, showing up to a property only to find out that, you know, the person that you thought was going to be there wasn't there because there's automated confirmations. Um, And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that a people are more likely to want to go through that process online. There's that rigorous confirmation process that we do automatically for our customers so that they are more likely to show up to these confirmed showings. Um, there are also steps with the show mojo phone that if somebody is running late or can't make it, that will automatically cancel showings. So property managers aren't wasting their time showing up to you know, showings that may not have a prospective renter waiting right there for them. So instead of showing up in the morning with an inbox full of, you know, rental inquiry, please respond, they're showing up to an inbox full of showing confirmed, showing confirmed, showing confirmed, or new showing schedule will be, you know, confirmed within the next 24 hours type deal. I wasn't sure if you had a question, Brittany. No, no, no no questions. Just, I mean, four hours, saving four hours every day. That sounds like the dream. Um, And we talked about this a little bit uh, last time. What about the employees who are worried about not, um, not needing anything to do? yeah, Yeah. Getting their hours cut or whatever that may look like. And I think this, this, it's always a good concern, right? And I'm, I'm never the one to recommend what a business should do with their staff, but I think it's important to look at where those, those team members have strengths, where can you reallocate those strengths, especially if you are a growing property management shop, 
is if you are looking to grow your business, which a lot of people are, right? I don't want to always be assumptive that everybody is in growth mode at all times. Mm -hmm. Some people are in, you know, assessment mode, what owners are the best owners for me and how can I grow more of those types of owners? But um, some people are focused on marketing and improving their marketing strategies. Maybe they've got some blogs that they need to get completed, you know, and get up on their websites. Um, So I think it's taking a look at the team that you have in place and looking at their strengths and saying, if we are saving time from your day-to-day schedule, where is that best reallocated? It doesn't mean that you have to get rid of existing team members, but it's where can you best reallocate their time so that they can help grow your business, whether it's with your existing clientele or whether it's growing your client base. And then for property management companies that are smaller, this allows you to continue to grow without having to hire additional team members. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you just started the company and you're doing everything yourself. Like what, what a great way to get some time back. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you have any insight or information about the impact of implementing leasing automation um, with reputation? Because a lot of times property managers get negative reviews, obviously from existing tenants when it's existing tenants, normally it's related to maintenance, but it's also very common to get negative reviews from would-be tenants who were like, they got my application fee and they didn't approve me or like $65 just to say no. Yeah. Or, or stuff like that. Like, um, would you say, or do you have insight to whether or not leasing automation, you know, smooths out some of the kinks in that process and expectation setting? Well, I think it does. So if you look at, and I don't have any stats on this, so this is just, but you both know that my You're just background- just listening to your comes, heart. I'm listening to my heart, right? <laughs> and, and you both know that my background comes from, you know, teaching on reputation management for years, right? And, and how property managers can use every, every bit of what you're doing in your business to help grow and, and drive towards better reviews and how that helps you grow your business. But if you think about, when you are automating every piece of your business, but it's providing a better experience for prospective renters, right? You are starting off on the, on the right foot with those prospective renters. If you are using something like a pre-showing questionnaire, which is very candidly laying out those criteria for what you are requiring from a prospective renter, So you're asking about pets, you're asking about their income, you're asking about their credit score. And obviously we always say like, this is, you ask based on where you're located and what questions you can ask, right? I don't ever want to dictate to somebody a question that they cannot ask. Um, But you're asking about their available move-in date. You're asking, you know, whatever your pre-showing questionnaire, these are questions that are repeated on an application. So if you're able to get some of those questions out in advance and maybe pre-screen some of these prospective renters from even being able to schedule a showing, you have more qualified, hopefully more qualified renters coming to do the showings, hopefully a more qualified pool of prospective residents actually filling out an application 
who understand what they're applying for and then hopefully preventing some of those negative reviews from coming in when they are submitting the fees for applications and then not understanding why they may have been denied or you know what that application process looks like. So I think that it all just kind of, it all flows together and, and plays a piece in that process, right? Um, and we are also asking for feedback the entire process. So the moment that a prospective renter finishes a showing, we follow up and ask for feedback, not just on the property and the presentability of that unit, but also on the showing agent. We also ask for feedback on the rent value. But if you are thinking about that feedback that you're getting on your showing agents, that's critical insight into your review process. If you are seeing that you are getting negative feedback about one of your showing agents, and we pray and we hope that this isn't happening to people, but you can't always be in all places at once and you can't always know what's happening with your team at all times. So if you're getting feedback about your showing agents that's showing you that maybe there may be an issue or something that needs attention to detail that you can address that might prevent a negative review down the road, that's a way for you to also be in tune with your reputation management strategy, right? That's something that might prevent that negative review from coming in down the road. Yeah. And even just asking, I mean, I think that's great that there's the the automated asking after the showing, because that can even, I mean, like we know with like reputation platforms, like you ask people to give you feedback that may not be happy, but you're giving them an outlet to kind of vent before they go to Google or another public review site. So that's kind of just another little barrier there. So you can uncover things that you might not know are happening and fix them, but you can also reduce the likelihood that they're going to go public with those comments by, by just asking. So I like that. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's sounding a lot like, um, what we initially understood as, um, leasing automation, which we used to think was, you know, oh, it's just self-showing lockboxes. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently is not, right? There's so much more <laughs> to it. So um, I think to summarize, like leasing automation um, use it, can, can leverage lockboxes, self-showing lockboxes as a piece of the puzzle, but um, it's not a requirement, right? So it sounds a lot like it's more so workflow automation of the entire process to get a tenant um look at the property and kind of pre-screen them and set expectations, stuff like that. Um, but it seems like there are also other um, benefits to implementing such a thing apart from saving time, but also like opening up the kind of the floor to have your team focus on other activities like working on improving maybe tenant relationships or um, perhaps doing higher level stuff in the company and even contributing to a reputation strategy. Did I get that right? Absolutely. You've you've got it like spot on, spot on. Yeah. And I know that 
to our listeners, you might be thinking, yeah, it's all nice when we involve automation in my process, but isn't it easier to cheat that way, right? Like what about scams? And I think um, that's a whole other can of worms so we can cover some other time. But for now, I think we've given our listeners a good idea of, you know, what is leasing automation? And we really appreciate you, Abby, for being here to talk through that with us and our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I would love to come back anytime and join you guys. (laughs) 